Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Beef Specialist Aidan Murray to find out how to manage nutrition with high cost this winter. Aidan, you're very welcome. What is the current position with feed availability this winter? Well, I suppose, thankfully, Catherine, um, there was a lot of talk during the summertime that feed would be scarce and that there would be maybe rationing across the various sectors. But seemingly that seems to have abated uh, and that stocks appear to be good. Um, you know, if you look at uh, on the sort of global st- uh, stage, uh, we've had sort of bumper harvests uh, in the likes of Canada. There's uh, reports of a very good harvest in Russia, which not there'll be a lot of Russian uh, grain coming into Europe but certainly it'll plug holes uh, in other parts of the world, which which is good overall. So it, it looks as if overall grain supply looks to be quite good. There is issues around um, some products, uh, the likes of maize gluten, which farmers would use as a sort of an energy, and it's about 20% protein uh, feed and would have been included in a lot of rations. There is issues around drought in the Mississippi Basin and getting product out. Uh, that's created a better problem, so it's not as available uh, uh, as you would like. And then maize distillers, um, of which we get a good bit from France, there is an issue uh, with availability there in that there's some uh, action in, in, in the distilleries where they seem to have down tools there. So those two products are expensive at the minute because they're uh, because of the, they're hard to get. Um, and the overriding thing, I suppose, overall is that uh, a lot of it's traded in US dollars and the euro hasn't uh, fared that well in the last year. Uh, you know, you're talking about sort of 15 to 20 percent of a devaluation there against the, the dollar. And that has bumped up feed prices. Um, so like at the minute, for example, maize meal would be costing in around 400 euro. Um, if the exchange rate had been comparable to this time last year, we probably would have it at about 320, 330. So exchange rate is is having an effect overall. Most definitely. And I suppose this year, above any, it's important for farmers to test the silage in order to reduce the costs in as much as possible. How would farmers go about taking a silage sample from a pit or bales? Well, ideally, the best way to take it is really uh, if you can take a core sample uh, throughout the pit and get right down into the to the middle of the pit, uh, and not be just taking it from the top or the very bottom. Or, you know, some people will look to take it from the feed face, but you won't get the same representation. So, ideally, try and core a sample uh, in bales or, or or in a pit uh, scenario, and that'll give you a more representative sample overall. And as you highlighted. You know, getting your silage tested because it's the bulk of feed in most farms, it's good to know what level of supplementation you're going to need if you're going to try and keep animals on target from a from a, a production point of view. But also, you know, is there a scope with a good silage result that you could actually cut back on, on concentrate use? So you would be encouraging people to try and test silage if they can. The worrying thing about silage quality this year, I suppose, is that, you know, a lot of first cuts were delayed weather in the first two weeks, three weeks of May wasn't great and it delayed and, and a lot of people would have cut maybe 10 days, 14 days later than normal. And for that reason, you might suspect that the digestibility, the DMD value of the silages could be back slightly on, on other years. And once the sample is taken, it can be sent to any of the approved labs and the results will come back. Yeah, I mean, you send it off to the lab, um, you'll have the results back. Uh, and if you speak to your advisor, 
uh, or your consultant and just to go through it, they'll be able to tell you once they look at uh, how it's preserved, what the DMD value is, what the protein value is, is you know, what level of supplementation you need to give to, to, to various types of stock. And you mentioned targets there. What would be the weight targets for weanlands to maximize performance over the winter? What we're looking at, and this is a big problem in the Irish context, is that we often get weanlands that are underperforming. Uh, in the first winter, um, and you can certainly lose 50 or 60 kilos if you don't get the feeding right um, before turnout next spring. Um, but ideally, we would be targeting about 0.6 of a kilo a day. Um, so, you know, for a 120-day uh, winter, you're talking about just over 70 kilos of live weight gain in that period. Uh, if it's 150, it's it's near 90 kilos again. Uh, so that'd be typically what we'd be expecting. The reality, though, on the ground is far from that. Lots of farms are maybe doing less than half of that. So you're getting weanlands that are coming out below target when it comes to next spring. And, you know, it's just attention to detail and, and, and sort of pushing them a wee bit harder after the command to try and keep them on target. That seems to be the area where most people are falling down. With the prices that you highlighted, farmers could be tempted to cut concentrates this year. What impact would that have on the performance of those weanlands? Well, as I said earlier, we have seen where people have cut back on weanlands. I mean, weanlands, there are two, a few things about weanlands. Number one, if you think about the typical suckler weanlands coming in uh, off the cow, being off grass, um, and it's been, uh, uh, you know, silage being put in front of it. You know, at lighter weanlands in particular are not overly efficient at that age at, at uh, processing grass. And, you know, given an extra kilo a meal at that stage is way more efficient than trying to have to make ground up this time next year when they come in maybe for finishing or something. Uh, you know, they are way more efficient, typically four or five kilos a meal to a kilo of live weight gain. That sort of doubles in year two. Uh, so, you know, it's keeping them on target at this stage um, and giving them that wee bit extra concentrate for the first period after they come in until they become accustomed to the eating the silage and you're giving them a more energy-dense ration. Uh, you know, I think that's hugely important and it's an area where people tend to go too late at the start, realise then that Christmas time, oh, these weanlands are not doing what they should be or they're behind target and then try to push. Uh, you know, you're better to push that, that wee bit harder at the start and then ease back as you go through the winter and, and, and maybe even cut them off it, uh, in a few weeks before they go to grass. Most definitely. And for cattle that are housed at the moment that are planned to be finished, what targets should they be trying to achieve? Well, it depends, Catherine, on, on what, what your feeding regime is. If Typically, if you take a grains type system where uh, uh, bullocks are going in at probably 560, 580 kilos and looking to come out next spring, they're on a grass silage diet. Uh, high quality 72 plus DMD silage, they'll typically be on about five kilos of concentrate on average. So it might start off at two or three kilos. And by the time they're going out, it could be at six. But over the period, it's averaged at about five kilos. Those animals you'd expect to do about a kilo a day. Uh, and that and heifers are similar. Um, you know, they're coming in high quality silage, probably about a kilo less. Uh, and that they're probably looking to be doing about 0.9. But there is a tipping point, you know, that if your silage quality sort of comes back and it's below 67 DMD, 68 DMD, people will often in that case sort of say, look, rather than bump up uh, and hope to finish them over a longer period on silage, they'll actually look to push them on an ad lib diet. And lots of bulls are finished on an ad lib diet where basically 10% of their intake will be based on forage, whether it's silage or straw. And then the 90% of their diet is made up of concentrate. 
uh, and that um, and they're built slowly up to that. Typically, continental bulls, for example, young bulls that are on that type of system could be doing, you know, 1.8 kilos a day. Steers on that type of system probably doing about one and a quarter kilos a day, and heifers probably about 1.1, 1.2. So your expected performance will vary because on an, you know, the ad lib system will be an accelerated system and, and get them out of the system, uh, get them out. Uh, that we but earlier compared to a, a grass and a, a moderate level of concentrate uh, in, in the diet. When it comes to beef cattle rations, what do farmers need to look for and what's good value this year? Well, in terms of in terms of value, obviously, we have done some recently there where we have put in barley, which would be the sort of mainstay of a lot of the rations uh, at around 375, although it could be trading near 400, depending on where deals were done uh, and at a, a tonne. Uh, soy is trading at about 575. Maize appears actually to be quite good value in that uh, it's, you know, it's uh, bought at around 400 and its actual value when you, you put barley and soy at, at the values they're at, uh, you know, maize will be valued at about 416. And then in terms of the pulps, probably beet pulp would look to be more attractive in terms of value at the minute uh, than, than say soya hulls. Uh, and uh, maize distillers, if it can be got, would probably look better value than, than say, maize gluten. And like from a finishing diet point of view, the main thing that you're looking at really is getting energy because, you know, okay, bulls will need maybe 13, 14% uh, protein in the diet, whereas those finishing steers and heifers, you know, and around 12% would probably be adequate in that stage. But it's mainly about energy and where you've got cereals uh, and maize and the like, so that, you know, you're getting high energy uh, diets and that's that's crucial for finishing. Slightly different with the weanling. The weanling, you know, you're trying to grow them. You're not looking to put a pile of flesh on them uh, and you're looking to grow frame. So sort of higher protein uh, rations probably typically in around 14, 16% would be more typical in the weanling scenario. That's great, Eden. I suppose for suckler cows being housed at the moment, what nutrition management will be needed from now up to Kevin next spring? Obviously, the main thing to look at cows coming in at the minute is uh, condition. Uh, some cows will come in uh, mud fat. Other cows that maybe were rare in twins or younger cows might be a bit thinner uh, and obviously um, may have to be treated a wee bit differently. But I suppose the starting point for, for suckler cows is uh, that have calved in the springtime is what's the quality of the silage? If you have a 65, uh, 67 DMD silage and you, you give it ad lib uh, over the course of the winter, those cows that are coming in in reasonably good condition, they will actually hold the condition on that quality of silage. If your silage quality is much better than that, the fatter cows at this stage will only get fatter and you may have to look at restricting them. Uh, and that, um, But that 72 DMD silage on its own would be good to build up condition on, on those cows that are that wee bit thinner or, or uh, that, that need a wee bit more attention over the course of the winter. Um, you know, for autumn calving cows that are uh, coming in, you know, a, a good quality silage plus about two kilos of concentrate per day, well, up until they're served and back in calf again, we'll probably keep them, uh, keep them right. But ideally, you know, um, have the cows well dosed when it comes to the time, have them treated for fluke. And if you can segregate them, and it's not always possible, you know, put the thinner cows together and give them that wee bit extra attention or the better quality silage that you might have to try and build condition. It's about trying to build up cheap condition, Catherine, 
uh, and not let them slip in condition over the winter. You don't ideally want to be pumping concentrates into suckler cows if you can get away with it. And Natasha has mentioned last week the whole treatment of worms, fluke and lice. And I suppose finally, from a feed management tips point of view, what should farmers keep in mind? I suppose, look, ideally know, know the quality of the grass silage that you have and in, in, in terms of what you have to feed. You'll know then by default what level of, of supplementation you're going to need. Try and keep the feed fresh, uh, particularly weanlands. Or, uh, you know, they, they may not go through a, a huge amount. And like oftentimes when you're part time, you'll throw out silage and think, look, this will do them for a few days. If the silage is not just preserved as well, as well as you would want it, that silage could start to heat and it doesn't become as palatable. Uh, and, and that for young stock in particular, uh, you, you need to be careful. So you're looking to put out enough that they'll have it cleaned up in a day or two and then refresh the feed. Um, obviously, housing conditions, uh, uh, good ventilation, as you, as you mentioned earlier, the health treatment treated for lice, uh, treated for stomach worms, treated for fluke, uh, if it's a problem in your area, uh, and that to give them every chance. And as I say, you know, for the weanlands in particular, you know, a kilo and a half to two kilos on good quality silage will get them off to a good start, particularly those weanlands that are, you know, below t- 300 kilos. Uh, because the worst thing you could do is is underfeed them at the start and find out next spring that, look, these calves are 50 or 60 kilos lighter than they should be. Uh, and that because it's it's going to be costlier to make it up, particularly if you end up supplementing when they're a year older this time next year. Some great advice, Aidan. Thanks very much. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Aidan for joining me on the show. In the meantime, you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening. <laughs>